Welcome to the Eat Scripture Podcast. This is Eric and Gina Robinson, and we are doing a series on topology right now. Yep. And have been going through the book of Genesis. Yes. And we're right at the very end. We've been doing Joseph, and right. really, we've pretty much finished that up, but mm-hmm. we just had a few more little things to say today. Yeah. Loose ends, maybe. We yeah. might call them, I guess. Yeah. Um, because you get to the end of the Joseph story and there's still a few things happening. I mean, everybody is now seemingly on the same page. I mean, we're all living in the same land. Right. We He's have been reunited. Been reunited. And yeah. Joseph has revealed himself to mm-hmm. his brothers and right. this great reunion. And they're moving to the land of Goshen. Yes, exactly. Um, and and now that they've been in, even now that they've been in the land of Goshen for some time, and Jacob has gotten old. Now we're going to find out what's happening toward the very end of Jacob's life. Um, now that they've been there for, he's been there about 17 years now. So, right. yeah. Yeah. 17. It's be, that's interesting because that was how old he was. That's how old Joseph was, was whenever Joseph first came. Yeah. yeah. We have this, this story is bracketed by 17s. Yeah. This story is absolutely cool. bracketed by 17s. That's neat. I hadn't even realized that till you mm-hmm. said that just now. So, yeah. Um, we did talk last time about the land of Goshen, that Goshen meant drawing near, right? Yes, and we did. And talked about that whole. Which so. is, we'll just say again, I mean, that's just a fantastic part of what's going mm-hmm. on here, that in the typology, they are being brought to a place by Joseph, our primary Christ type. We'll call him our primary Christ type. Mm-hmm. We talked last time a little bit about how Benjamin and Judah are right. also there Christ are some types overlapping in right. the story. But throughout, Joseph continues to be that primary Christ type, and he has brought them into and settled them in the land of drawing near, which is what Goshen means. So this is the land they get to live in, which is the land we get to live. We live in a place of being able to draw near. That's what we, so beautiful in that sense. I just love that. And that's been kind of staying with me. All week. Mm-hmm. And yes. so I just wanted to make sure we had mentioned that last time. I couldn't remember. So. Right. Yeah, it is wonderful little piece. And all these little pieces, that's mm-hmm. just another sign of how there are so many little pieces that add to this that you'll miss. If once we're, you know, we have to be trained to see them kind of. We have to really have our eyes open to the idea that he can use any and every word as we're going through here to convey all of these blessings that we have in jesus um but we'll we'll pass over it very quickly if we're not really trying to be attuned to what it is we're reading it's just in that little section in 45 i believe Mm -hmm. uh that it says he says come near to me please Mm -hmm. to his brothers and they came near and then when you mm. go over to verse uh, 10, it says, you shall dwell in the land of Goshen yes. and you shall be near me. Mm-hmm. And yes. then when we find out Goshen means drawing near, I mean, it just. Right. So he keeps. used the very words that, yeah, that, right. that the name means in the way he was talking it's to just him. just keeps reiterating that little, mm-hmm. that little nugget of yes. meaning there that has stuck with me all week. So. Right, right. And boy, it should be encouraging to us. That's what it should. We should be able to read these stories and like Jesus said, see him everywhere. Um, and I'll just say it again for those who are who are listening. You know, uh, Luke 24, 27, Luke 24, 
44 through 47. Those are verses where Jesus is pointing out to his disciples just how his story fills the entirety of the Old Testament. That's his point. So, boy, when we're reading stories like this, it certainly, certainly comes to the fore. Um, and all of these wonderful little pieces just keep playing into it. So now that we've arrived at chapter 48, we're at this point where, like we had said before, Jacob has grown old. Mm -hmm. Jacob is really, apparently, uh, people are aware he's reaching the end of his life. Right. His eyes have gotten dim. He doesn't see very well right. anymore. And uh, Joseph is about to hear that his father is ill. So it looks like we're really close now. And now there's something that Joseph wants to be sure and do before uh, Jacob gets, Jacob is completely gone. And so, so we enter into chapter 48 about to hear a blessing that Jacob slash Israel is going to pronounce. And just the very way it takes place is another reiteration of the the way the Christ type just continues to be to used over and over and over throughout scripture. Right. Yeah. So okay. I think we should start reading probably in chapter 48, uh, verse one, and we'll go through this chapter and then we'll discuss a little bit. Okay. Genesis 48. After this, Joseph was told, behold, your father is ill. So he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And it was told to Jacob, Your son Joseph has come to you. Then Israel summoned his strength and sat up in bed. And Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me and said to me, Behold, I will make you fruitful and multiply you, and I will make you a company of peoples and will give this land to your offspring after you for an everlasting possession." And now your two sons who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt are mine. Ephraim and Manasseh shall be mine, as Reuben and Simeon are. And the children that you fathered after them shall be yours. They shall be called by the name of their brothers in their inheritance. As for me, when I came from Padan, to my sorrow Rachel died in the land of Canaan on the way, when there was some, still some distance to go to Ephrath. And I buried her there on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. When Israel saw Joseph's sons, he said, Who are these? Joseph said to his father, They are my sons whom God has given me here. And he said, Bring them to me, please, that I may bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim with age so that he couldn't see. So Joseph brought them near him and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face. And behold, God has let me see your offspring also. Then Joseph removed them from his knees, and he bowed himself with his face to the earth. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim in his right hand, toward Israel's left hand, and Manasseh in his left hand toward Israel's right hand, and brought them near him. And Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on the head of Ephraim, who was the younger, and his left hand on the head of Manasseh crossing his hands, for Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said, The God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life long to this day, the angel 
who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the boys, and in them let my name be carried on, in the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. When Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand on the head of Ephraim, it displeased him, and he took his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. And Joseph said to his father, Not this way, my father, since this one is the firstborn, put your right hand on his head. But his father refused and said, I know, son, I know. He also shall become a people, and he also shall be great. Nevertheless, his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his offspring shall become a multitude of nations. So he blessed them that day, saying, By you Israel will pronounce blessings, saying, God make you as Ephraim and as Manasseh. Thus he put Ephraim before Manasseh. Then Israel said to Joseph, Behold, I am about to die, but God will be with you and will bring you again to the land of your fathers. Moreover, I have given to you rather than to your brothers one mountain slope that I took from the land from the hand of the Amorites with my sword and with my bow. Wow, this is another of those weird stories where we would walk through it and not think anything except how strange. And if we thought that, you know, hopefully we would think that at least. But a lot of times we just read over these kinds of stories in our Bible reading and just keep reading. Right. Because it it's weird and it yeah, seems so unimportant. And why would I need to know anyway? What's the big deal? So this is one of those. And now that we've got it, uh, and we it's, it's look at it in its context. It, tells us, it explains the 12 tribes because Joseph does doesn't that. get a tribe. Yes. And neither do the Levites. Right. So. Right. Exactly. And so this is important because of that, like you're saying, because we know there were 12 tribes of Israel. And what we also know is that. Okay, Levi is one of those tribes, like you're saying, in a sense. But then when we find out he doesn't get a piece of land later right. on, now we might be wondering, okay, wait a second. How does this equal out in my head? I'm trying to figure out what what's going on. I thought there were 12 brothers, all 12 sons. But then there's no tribe of Joseph and Levi is a tribe and yet doesn't have a piece of land. So what's, <laughs> all of those things are working in our heads. So when we think about that, though, like you're saying, Let's think about that for just a second. Yes, there are 12 sons, but Levi isn't going to have a piece of land. So that's one out of the land inheritance. Right. So now we're down to 11. Joseph isn't in the list of tribes. There's no tribe of Joseph. Right. And so he's not in there. So now we're down to 10. Well, then we find out, oh, that's where Ephraim and Manasseh come from because they're Joseph's sons. So Joseph... In reality, gets two portions. Right, exactly. Really, we would say it looks like three, in a sense, mm -hmm. because the firstborn would get a double portion of everything right. from the father. And here, that's the strange part about this one, is that when we go to chapter 48, verse 5, and we're watching as Israel is talking to Joseph about this blessing he's giving, he says, and now your two sons who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt are mine, right. are mine. 
Ephraim and Manasseh shall be mine as Reuben and Simeon are. So he's putting them in the place of, uh, ahead of Reuben and Simeon. Yeah. Who yeah. are the first two born. They would have been the first two. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Reuben's the first one. He's the true firstborn. And then Simeon, Simeon is the second born. And Reuben and Simeon both wind up doing yeah. some really stupid stuff. We've already seen this before. Um, Reuben slept with his father's concubine at one point, and which seemed to be kind of a bid for superiority over uh, everybody else. Well, he already had a firstborn right. superiority. I don't know. You know, and we could talk a lot about the implications yeah. of what he was trying to do, but he, he definitely receives his dad's ire for that and gets um, see, really put in his place. We see this repeated in David's life yes, as well exactly. with his sons. So, this is exactly yeah. how how Absalom tries to assert his superiority right. over his brothers by, and uh, as being the one who needs to take over the kingdom now. Yep, is by taking dad's concubines. And so, yes, very much along those same lines. And then, of course, Simeon, he just becomes an outright murderer slash slaughterer. Mm-hmm. Now, he saw himself as defending his sister's honor, right. Dinah's honor, as did Levi. But Simeon, second born, this is, you know, right when we go to the next chapter, even in verse five and following, we can see how whenever Jacob is handing out blessings, he is speaking to Simeon and Levi specifically about the violence that they committed and how therefore their blessing is not, they're cursed instead um, with this cursed be their anger uh, for it is fierce. I mean, he is not giving them the same kind of blessing bestowal as he will his other sons. Which when you get through with this, just go read that chapter, chapter 49 49. and read those blessings. Yeah. Because they really are interesting. And yeah, especially seeing how Judah and Joseph's blessings are much. They stand out so starkly from the others. They really do. There's so much longer. There's so much more to them. Judah talks about him and being, um, that that the king will come from, you know, they, that there'll be a ruler uh, who comes from his line and that it won't depart. And then when he gets to Joseph, he's going to go on about how he's been, you know, strengthened by the mighty one of Jacob and uh, God, your father will help you and the almighty who will bless you with blessings of heaven above and and goes on and on. I mean, this is about Joseph. So both these guys, yeah, Judah and Joseph, really get the lion's share. Because when the, the later on, when the um, when Israel divides, yeah, they have there's the tribe of Judah, mm-hmm. yes, and then the other ten tribes, yes, the one that really north, comes to the fore yeah, in Ephraim. that one is Ephraim, which is Joseph's so it's Joseph's son. son. So yeah, mm-hmm. so right, yeah, we do exactly see those right. two being blessed as the leaders of their Mm -hmm. um, nations. Yeah. Well, in verse chapter 48, back back to to that one. Yeah. Back to what we were talking about. Yeah. What we see is that now he's taken both of these boys in as his own. So, so that's our first thing to see maybe is that, okay. So Joseph's sons, Joseph being our super strong Christ type throughout the, ever since chapter 37, Joseph's sons are being taken in as Israel's sons and not just Israel's sons, but Israel's first sons. They're the one they're getting the status of primary 
over all their brothers. The ones who were born to Joseph, our Christ type, let's say in parentheses there, if we were writing mm -hmm. a sentence, are the ones who receive the greatest of blessings. Right. So that's an interesting point, even in itself. Well, then we start watching as this blessing continues. The actual blessing is going to take place. And verses eight and following kind of give us the play-by-play -play of what's happening. And it tells us in verse 10 that Israel's eyes were dim so that he could not see. Right. Now, Which takes us back to Isaac yes. when he gave the blessing. Yeah, whenever Israel Jacob. slash right. Jacob was the one who went into his dad right. to get a blessing and his dad's eyes were dim. Uh, and he couldn't see. And so, yes, we're, I we feel like we're, we're doing a little You're bit of time travel here, watching yeah. things happen, transpire again. And so then Joseph, knowing that, you know, the time is drawing near, he brings his sons up and he has, you know, um, uh, you know, I'm sure these, these are boys are much older by now. And so, you know, he's walking them like up next to, yeah, he, he makes it he sound so small. Yeah. Like, and maybe in a sense, they're smaller than we think. I mean, because they didn't have to be born before Israel ever got to. It says they um, were born before, before Jacob. Well, it tells us uh, that they were born way back in chapter 45. But what we don't get, uh, or I'm sorry, not in 45, I mean back in 41. It tells us they were born then. But. It's just yeah. telling us about his sons being born. It doesn't necessarily mean that they were, they born, were born, born before. Yes. Could just be giving us the the right. summary of his family and how things Yeah. We transpired. have to remember that when we're reading things in here, they're not always in chronological exactly order. Chronological. Yeah. Right. So I don't know when they were born, but but Jacob does say Yeah. That about being on his knees here in uh, Well, verse but 12. he says that they were born after he came. Oh, okay. Isn't mm -hmm. that right? Um, it says... Born to you in the land of Egypt. Oh, before I came to you. Okay. So, yeah. So, okay. They were born before. They were yeah. born before. Yeah. So, that means they're at least, you know, 17 years old. I mean, really yeah. a little older than that. It so, it's kind of big for sitting on an old man's knees. But, but this would should probably just be an idiom. <laughs> yeah. I know. Just... <laughs> <laughs> so, I just have a funny picture in my head. Yeah, it is kind of a funny picture to think about a couple of... 20 year olds sitting on granddad's knees. Um, <laughs> but, but here we've got this idiom used, you know, a way of talking about the fact that he's bestowing blessings on them. And so whenever he has the two boys and they've been brought near to him and he can't see well, and we're told that he reaches out his hands for them and Joseph has intentionally brought them up, knowing that his father so doesn't they'll, they'll see be well. In the right position. Yes, for exactly. His hands, That's right. what's happening. So he has put Manasseh where his dad can easily reach out with his right hand and put it on Manasseh's head. And he's put Ephraim where his dad can easily reach out with his left hand and put it on Ephraim's head. Well, as he gets close, dad crosses his hands. In verse 14, it says that very clearly. That tricky, Dad. Ah, tricky so tricky, yes. Crosses his hands and then pronounces the blessing. And then immediately afterward, verse 17, Joseph sees what's happening and says, Wait, Dad, you're doing it wrong. Takes his hand. <laughs> Actually, takes his hands and move, tries to move them to the other ones. But whenever he does this in verse 19, 
his father refuses and says, I know my son, I know. He also shall become a people. In other words, your firstborn, don't worry about him. He'll become a people group too. All will be well. He'll be blessed. And he also will be great. Nevertheless, his younger brother shall be greater than he. And his offspring shall become a multitude of nations. A multitude of nations. Now, does Ephraim ever become a multitude of nations? Well, no, not, it's certainly not in the very strict sense. Right. Um, Ephraim itself doesn't become a multitude of but nations. But Ephraim is, uh, will become what we think of as Samaria. Yes, later And they on. did, when they were taken into captivity, with, they did intermingle with, with many peoples. Many nations. Yes, so under, under Assyrian rule. So in that way, he does get dispersed into, mm-hmm. certainly, and become a part of many, many nations probably throughout, mm-hmm. you know, I mean. Right. considering where we are today um who knows how yeah. much how widespread things have gotten uh in the line so in that sense even even maybe we do have somewhat literal yeah. um fulfillment of this prophecy ephraim as a tribe ephraim stayed a tribe as ephraim and right. then when it was kept taken captive of course we never saw that tribe return right. in its fullness so in that sense of course we don't have fulfillment of this but once we see the once we see what's going on here we're reminded that mm-hmm. this is something we've been seeing since right. the beginning I was say, this is this following right in the older yeah. brother younger brother mm-hmm. thing that we have so now we will continue to watch as this plays itself out whenever whenever we get to this point and start thinking about how this ties into the other pictures we've been seeing throughout Genesis. Okay. So now that we're seeing this and we're watching as we have these two brothers who one is the younger is being blessed over the older, our minds can't help but return if we're, you know, thoughtful at all. And we've been watching this pattern at all. We're going to go all the way back to Genesis chapter four to really find a starting point for this. Right. This has been happening over and over. We've been seeing it as we've talked about, as we've gone through this series on Genesis yes. topology, it's been right there. Yeah, because we saw in Genesis chapter 4 even how the younger was the one who got God's blessing, got God's regard for his mm-hmm. offering over the older, who was then very jealous about the regard that the younger received for his offering his and then wound up killing his brother. Yeah. But the fact that he was getting God's attention, getting God's good attention over his older brother was very significant turns out because we've seen that happen now through genesis over and over and over again those were the first brothers we saw in scripture yes and then we see that even with noah's sons yes and with um even abraham himself yeah abraham was obviously not the the firstborn right then of course he has ishmael and isaac Mm -hmm. and isaac is not the firstborn in a literal in, no sense. in the literal sense coming from uh, abraham coming from their dad the blessing right and then of course with um of course later jacob on then with jacob and esau yeah. it's very obvious and even pronounced from the womb this is going to be the way it is mm-hmm. the younger is going to have mm-hmm. uh authority over his brother you know it's going to have say over his brother uh his older brother so and it's so, interesting to see here yeah reuben and simeon probably thought no so far, so good. Yeah. Even in little <laughs> stories like Judah's kids, 
um, Judah's two boys that he has in chapter 38, where he has twins. Yes. We again exactly. see, even in the case of those twins, I mean, Jacob and Esau were twins. We saw it happen there. Then we have another set of twins and we see it happen there. The one who came out first, the one who stuck his, the, blessing. Well, mm-hmm, the one who comes out last is going to get the greatest blessing over the other one. Yeah. And so Perez becomes the one who's in the line of kings, not, uh, not his brother Zira. And yeah. so once we see that, we just realize, wow, this just, this thing just won't stop. I mean, it's just right. this continuous line that runs all so the way we'll through. So we'll continue to watch that as we go forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It in continues this topology to show series up. because yeah. it just keeps happening. Right. Exactly. Um, so now we get to chapter 48. We're seeing it again because we are watching as, as we've already said, Israel now, Jacob, is the one who's doing it. And he is, he's doing it whether or not right. it's because he's just going with going with the flow that this family seems to go with. This is the way right. God seems to work. Or is it because he has some sort of divine insight here at the moment of blessing pronouncement? Right. But knows? he obviously knew what he was doing. But yes, he's he very clear. It wasn't on what because he couldn't see. Right. Definitely not. I think um, that, that it tells us that his eyes were dim so that, we yeah. would understand why Joseph thought he was making a mistake. Yes, I agree. I think that's why. But yeah. he's like, no. Yeah. No, this is this is the way it's going to be. Yeah. And all of these pieces in place, like we've already said, really do point us back to when Jacob got the blessing from his dad and his eyes were dim and he wound up blessing the younger over the older. And that really was deception. Well, now Jacob is the one in the position of having his eyes dimmed, he's going to pronounce the blessing of the younger over the older. But this time it's because he's truly going with voluntarily going with right. what it is that God is doing uh, and has done throughout mm-hmm. the ages. Once we see this happen, the point being, I think so important for us to realize without Jesus, you don't get a good interpretation for what's happening here. Right. All just these think types it's just kind of weird. Yeah, that this keeps happening. That it just happens and happens and happens. But you have nothing to hang your hat on until we get to Jesus and think of him as the younger brother, right? The one who came last. Israel is the Israel's older the brother. older brother. Israel's the, the firstborn. Yes, as it would say in Exodus chapter four, verse twenty-two, Israel's the firstborn. God Himself calls them that. Well, if Israel's firstborn, his firstborn son, then what does that make Jesus? Well, in the incarnate sense of coming as a baby into earth and then growing up here his whole life and devoting his life to the father, he is the second son in that sense. And it was when he came late and then got all of the father's blessing on him that his older brother, Israel became very jealous, jealous about it right. and went after the younger brother. Right. Which is what we generally see. Yeah. In yeah. This whole Which is situation. how this generally runs. Yes. Right. Not every time does it come be, become violent, but the, but the superiority aspect certainly right. stays true. And the younger keeps well, let's getting talk about over the older. The meanings of these boys names too. Because oh yeah. I think that's really interesting. Great point. Yeah. Manasseh means to forget. Because Joseph named him because he felt like he could forget all of the bad past that right. he had before he got to Egypt. Right. 
And then Ephraim means what was uh, it again? Let me look real quick. Twofold increase or doubly fruitful. Doubly fruitful. Doubly fruitful. And that was because Joseph felt like he had been blessed so much right. now in his new new area, new position, new life that he had. Really felt like things had restarted had for the better. Double blessings. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so both of these boys' names, frankly, I feel like have kind of a connection to us as children of the true Jesus, the true Christ. If, right. the, if these are children of the Christ type and their names kind of mirror maybe in a sense or, or give a uh, prophetic kind of look forward yeah. at what's happening to to the children of the Christ type, then we're the true children of the Christ right. type. We are the ones who truly, number one, enjoy a forgetfulness of all that happened in your past. You can leave it behind. Right. It's not your something are, you have to as hold far on as the to. East is from the West. That's right. And all the ugliness that came before, whatever that was, you don't have to live in that. You don't have to dwell in that. And then also the fact that all now on the positive right. side, we get blessing upon blessing. Life we get Jesus grace upon doubly grace. Blessed, yes. Yeah, exactly. Right. Doubly blessed, doubly fruitful. I think that's um, really cool. That is great. great I do news. love that. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is kind of um, what's in this part of what's in this chapter, at least uh, from a typological perspective. And I feel like um, maybe this would be a good, good place for us to kind of wrap up. We do have a statement in chapter 50 that's so good that it would be hard to end Genesis without mm -hmm. saying it because in chapter 50, verse 15 and following Israel has died. They buried Israel. And now with their father gone, all of Joseph's oh, yeah. brothers are thinking, uh Oh, now that dad's gone, Joseph's probably going to take revenge on us. He right. just didn't want to do it they, while dad was still here. They've still been worried. This They're whole still time. worried that the minute their dad dies, that he's going to take it out on them. Yeah. So let me read that little part. Okay. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, it may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, please forgive the transgression, transgression of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you. And now, please forgive the transgression of the servants of God your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for I, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Okay. I That's just, pretty great. Yeah. I just love that. First of all, it sounds like they're like <laughs> writing a note to the teacher and signing their Something parents' name, name or something, yeah. you know. It's, it's like, what it sounds like. Oh, yeah. And uh, before dad before dad left, now he said um, he wanted you to please forgive your, your brothers. brothers. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and so then they do come to him and they but say, Joseph's and they even compassion. say they'll be his slaves yes. in verse 18. Behold, we're your slaves. Yeah. You know, please don't hurt us. We'll even be your slaves. Yeah. To which Joseph responds uh, by saying, 
I'm not in God's place. Oh my goodness, I'm not the one who pronounces death and life on you. That's not how this should work. And then he says, as for you, you meant evil to me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Yes. You meant it for evil. God meant it for good. Right. Well, this is the entire story of the gospel. Right. Was, That's uh, it. There it is right there. Yes. A beautiful, beautiful way to end Genesis with the gospel encapsulated by our great Christ type, Joseph, speaking to his brothers, the sons of Israel. Yes. Look, I know what you did. Even I just hear Jesus on evil. the cross saying, forgive them for they, they know, know not not what, they, what do. they do. Yes. And even this part where Joseph wept yes. and they spoke to him. And Jesus, as he saw Jerusalem and knew what was going to happen. Yeah. But still wept. weeping. And his, I don't think he was yeah, weeping people. for himself. Right. He was weeping because so. of what they were going to do, but that God was going to work it all out for mm -hmm. good. Yes. And he knew that. And yeah. Yeah, I see that too. So, so beautiful, beautiful way to end with that way yes. of encapsulating that. And I think that's the way we're meant to see our own existence before him. Look, things may go bad, but, and people may have harmed you, but God's using all of these things. He's going to bring something better right. out of it. You know, that's the way he wants us to be able to, to stay to near see it. to him. Yes. Yeah. It'll all work out. Beautiful. Okay. Well, well, I guess that's the end of our Joseph series. We haven't, uh, believe me, there are many yeah. things we haven't touched on. Well, so we have not exhausted that subject, but yeah. for now we'll move along. Yeah. And, um, we're going to keep talking typology, but now we're going to move on to Exodus a little bit and talk some yeah, in there and be we'll awesome. keep going. So God is good. Okay. Keep looking for stuff and we will talk to you then in just a few days. Yeah. Thank you for sharing the podcast with your friends and family. Absolutely. God bless.